Welcome to this special series of the Bundaberg Now podcast, where we shine a spotlight on the heritage buildings of our region. My name is Genevieve Lyons, and I'll be your host as we uncover some hidden histories, mysterious stories, and some pretty bizarre facts about our most iconic buildings and structures. This month, we're getting to know a little more about Luke the Spook. By the name alone, you may already know who I'm talking about. Luke is one of the most famous ghosts in the region and likes to hang out at the Grand Hotel in Childers. Today, we're joined by Helen Corliss, the Grand Hotel Manager. She's here to shed some light on what's known about Luke's origins and the poker game gone wrong that's thought to have led him to haunting the halls of the hotel. Luke has fascinated people for so many years that paranormal experts actually frequent the hotel. People book to stay there just in the hope of seeing him, and a dedicated plaque has just been installed on the building in his honour. In this episode, we'll also find out more about the history of this heritage-listed building, which I recently learnt is celebrating 130 years this year. So here's Morgan Everett from Bundaberg Now having a chat with Helen at the Grand Hotel. Thanks for joining us uh, here on the Hidden Histories podcast. Um, here with Helen at the Grand Hotel. Can you tell me a little bit about the Grand Hotel? So we're entering our 130th year this year. The hotel was first built in 1892. Um, it was originally called the Childers Hotel. And around 1897, um, it was bought by a different owner and he um, got a Bundaberg architect to um, make a two-storey building, the one that you see now, which was really grand at the time. It was the only two-storey building in town. Um, and it was the only survivor on this side of the street of the big Childers fire in 1902. So we were very lucky it's still standing. And uh, in 1992, um, it joined the Heritage Register. It was Heritage Listed. So um, we've had the hotel now for, uh, this is the 26th year, the Corliss family have had the hotel um, and we, we love, you know, it's a beautiful hotel. We love being caretakers of it, you know, and, and it's um, Pam and Dennis uh, Corliss who, who bought it. They've made some beautiful improvements to it um, and trying to keep the heritage nature of the hotel and not change it too much. You know, we don't want to modernise it. We want to sort of you know, um, keep the beautiful characteristics that made the hotel so lovely in the first place. We don't want to modernise it, you know. But, um, yeah, we've been 26 years now, so it's uh, fantastic. Loving it. (laughs) Beautiful. And I see you've just put up a plaque about Luke the Spook. Can you tell me a bit about him? Okay, so we inherited the legend of Luke the Spook, and it's been really interesting over the years to see different stories pop up um, every now and again, some will make a comment on social media and say, hey, we used to stay here 50 years ago when we were kids and we'd stay up all night looking for Luke the Spook. So um, Luke apparently was a gentleman that sometime in the turn of the last century uh, had lost a poker game and um, accrued a large debt. And he was staying upstairs at the time. We don't know whether he was um, pushed over or he jumped, but he certainly... Um, fell to his demise over the top of the balcony there. (laughs) And sometime after that, people started reporting, um, sort of seeing and hearing strange occurrences uh, throughout the hotel. Mainly it's been things like um, people late at night up on the veranda sort of, you know, watching the view or something and next minute an arm will be draped across them. People, um, the toilets aren't inside the rooms. It's not ensuite, so they'll go to the toilet in the middle of the night and they'll see a gentleman sort of leaning against the railing. 
And, you know, they don't take much notice at first and then they realise he's in the wrong period clothing, you know, and it's a bit of a shock and then they look again and he's gone. Um, I don't think we've had any bad experiences. Most people have sort of said it's not been the best moment of their life. You know, it's a bit of a fright. But nothing nothing nasty. Um, I lived here about 20 years ago. I was living upstairs with my husband. We had to move out because we've always had chihuahuas and we moved in here with our chihuahua and he every night would um, howl and bark and, and uh, yeah, at a particular corner of the room and he wouldn't settle. And this went on for six months and nothing would settle him. So we had to move out. We bought a house and moved out and he was fine as soon as we moved out. So there's definitely something going on up there. And um, we've had paranormal groups come through, quite a few now, and they've all put like static cameras and, and video cameras around the place and, and just about all of them have said, yes, we, we, we've detected something. We're not sure what it is. Yeah. Um, the most sort of extreme experience we've had was actually with a paranormal group. Um, and that's the first time I think that it happened in public in the bar. Um, a paranormal group came in and they checked in. And as they were checking in and just um, about to come up the stairs, um, one of the windows, we've got like the old style windows that prop up and have something underneath them. We've never had an issue with them the whole time we've been here. And as they checked in, one went smash and crashed down and everyone was looking at each other going is that because the paranormal group's here and yeah a few people were like I don't think we'll be staying here tonight <laughs> so I didn't know whether you know Luke might have been a bit angry about that but that's the only sort of you know I think incident that we felt was a bit scary most of the other ones have just been unsettling you know but um, it's certainly an interesting story and like I said we inherited that um, legend and you know um, a lot of elderly people have told stories about their experiences with it which is lovely you know we love hearing about those stories there's a set of steps we don't let anyone use them anymore but there is a set of steps up to the higher part of the hotel like the attic of the hotel it's a very steep set of steps and apparently kids used to love um, climbing them you know 50 60 years ago and, and looking for Luke and staying up there all night but I've only been up there once and I'm not keen to <laughs> spend any more time up there than I have to but we, we've closed that off to the public now just for everyone's safety but yeah it's certainly an interesting story I, I have I have seen and, and heard a few things that I can't explain um, but like I said I've never felt threatened or, or scared I, I just you know if there is a, a spirit up there I think he's just observing <laughs> yeah um, keeping tabs on us all yeah I think wow and You've had first-hand experience yourself. Do you know how many other people have encountered Luke? Like, We've had, like, just in the 26 years the family's had it, we've had countless people staying up there going, I think something happened to me last night and I can't explain. <laughs> you know, curtains move when the windows have been shut in their rooms. Um, you know, one guy said he felt pressure on his chest when he was sleeping in the middle of the night. You know, we, I've been woken up a few times with bangs on the office door. Hey, there's something going on in my room I can't explain. Um, people actually come and stay now looking for the experience. So that some, a lot of people sometimes actually get thrilled that they've, you know, had the experience. Um, yeah, I, I personally have seen sometimes something catch the corner of my eye and I, I turn to look and it's not there anymore. But, yeah, I think, it's, I think it's a wonderful bit of history, you know, and I'm glad we inherited something so interesting. And, and like, so we, we do have a tour that comes through um, that brings people specifically to look for Luke the Spook, Jojo's tour. She does a paranormal tour and she stops in here. But, yeah, we, we, um, we do get contacted by paranormal groups and they, and they do come in uh, from time to time. We had one a couple of weeks ago that stayed and set the cameras up overnight and... Yeah, it, it's it's very interesting. Every time they do it, they find something. So yeah, it's very interesting. Yeah, love it. 
And uh, why do you think they always think it's the same ghost? Because, well, just from the ones that actually do see something, it's always um, a gentleman sort of mid-30s, you know, like sort of late 20s, early 30s perhaps, um, in, in black turn-of-the-century dark clothing, like it's period clothing. So it's always the same sort of thing. And, you know, when they, when, um, they catch them out of the corner of the eye, it's, it's always the same thing, dark clothing and, um, and a youngish gentleman. So um, I'm, I'm feeling that's got to be the same, <laughs> the same guy, yeah. Excellent. And when the paranormal groups come in, is there anything that stands out that they did find? So most of the time I think it's like they set up static cameras that detect movement, but there was vision from um, a couple, not very long ago, a couple of years ago, where they did um, catch um, curtains moving and um, objects moving by themselves when there wasn't any wind or like, and, and the windows were shut and you could actually see the curtains sort of moving across and and that was and even they were surprised. They even said we weren't expecting anything like that. So that's why they keep coming back because they are detecting something. There's been a couple of chapters in books, and we've had an episode on a TV program and that sort of thing about about it over the years. Um, but like I said, nothing negative. Um, you know, I, I think like I said, he's he's a a friendly spirit who's just spending some time here. Maybe he's trapped here. I don't know what's <laughs> I don't know what happens in the spirit world, but maybe he can't get away. But something to do with how he died perhaps you know we'll never know whether he jumped or was pushed but maybe he was pushed and he's waiting for revenge who knows <laughs> waiting for the right people to come back but excellent now you were telling me about the younger kids that used to sneak up the stairs and try and find him did they see him um well I don't know these were these were stories that we've heard over the years from elderly people who said we used to stay here you know with our parents 50 60 years ago and and stay up all night and people would be tagging each other and it's really cute actually the the whole it bring you know all the community together I'd love to actually get a wall somewhere on the pub one day and get a collection of all the stories from people that have an experience um with Lucas food because it will surprise me sometimes when we'll put a post up and people will be tagging each other and saying oh yeah I remember when we stayed there and you know, um, our dog went crazy one night or something like that, but there seems to be a lot of stories. So, um, I, you know, I think it's lovely that a community can have something like that that they can all talk about and remember yeah. about. Like I said, the, the, the hotel itself is 130 years old this year, so if the walls could talk, I guess, if they could speak, there'd be a lot of stories, yeah. When was um, this building heritage listed and can you go over what makes it so unique? So it was heritage listed in 1992, so that would have been its 100th year. Um, I think it's, it was actually the first hotel in Childers. So the original building was moved from Horton. Um, I think they carted it up with horse and cart bit by bit from Horton and, and, and built it here. So William Ashby, who was one of the first generation of landowners in Childers, when Childers started taking off because they sort of logged, I guess, the area in the late, I think, 1870s and then the railway line came and... So the, cane, the sugar industry, you know, took off. So this was the first hotel built. And then around by the end of the, like, 1890s, I think five other ones popped up all of a sudden as well, and the town would have been full of cane cutters, I guess. Yeah. Um, and then this hotel was then bought by another man who um, got a Bundaberg architect and turned it from the one-storey building that it was to the beautiful big two-storey and they called it the Grand Hotel at the time because it was so grand compared to everything else in town 
And then the original guy who owned this then, then and who sold it then decided that he had changed his mind and wanted a hotel after all, then bought the Federal across the road. So in competition to the new guy that bought this one. <laughs> so he must have been very happy with that. But, you know, it was a bustling, thriving little town at the time. It used to look a little bit different. It had some beautiful lace work along the veranda, but I believe the story went that they sold that. It must have been lead, and I think they sold it to the government during the war for the war effort to make, I think, bullets or something out of it. Yeah, so it's a real shame. We would have loved to have... It's still got some lace work across the road. We would have loved the lace work on this. It would have been lovely. But, yeah, so it, it went towards the war effort, so it went to a good cause anyway, I guess. But, yeah, it's... And, you know, the hotel has been largely kept in its original state because we think that's very important. You don't want to destroy what made it so beautiful and unique in the first place. And it is heritage listed, so we couldn't do anything to the facade anyway. But this carriageway here... It's, it's lovely. It's, so in the old days when ladies weren't allowed to drink in the bar with their husbands, the carriage would pull up through here and deposit the husbands and wives there and then the husband would walk into the bar and then the ladies would stay in the carriageway with the horses and the carriage and do their needlework and talk to each other and wait for the husbands and then the carriage would take them out again. So I think that's unique, having that lovely carriageway still there. Exactly right. So, yeah, it's really cute. <laughs> it's awesome history. And can you tell me about um, how the building was damaged in the 1902 fire? So we were lucky. So we, we, we were largely intact, a little bit of smoke and water damage, but that was it. So from here right up until the current site of Dimmies was completely destroyed. So I think, you know, by a hair's breadth we, we survived and that was fantastic, you know. Um, would have been such a shame because I don't think they would have been able to rebuild it probably the way that they had built it in the first place. But... Yeah, we were very lucky. So one of the only buildings on this whole side of the street that survived. So, yeah, very lucky. Definitely so. Um, is there anything else that you want to cover about the building or Luke's history? No, I think that's about it. Yeah, just um, it's, you know, like I said, 130 years this year and it's a beautiful old heritage um, hotel and, and um, if anyone wants to come and stay, they mentioned the podcast, I'm sure we could do a special for them, but um, it's, it's just a beautiful chance to experience some history and I think Luke's a bit of a bonus if you have an encounter with Luke, that's, that's even more special. Um, but, yeah, we're sort of in the middle of um, the pandemic and the mandates at the moment, but we're, you know, we're, we're moving along and we've got Chad Morgan playing in May. Um, to celebrate 130 years of the hotel and it's it's in conjunction with Heritage um, Weekends, you know, the National Trust sort of Heritage Week events around the country. Um, so Childers is going to have a Heritage Weekend here and we're going to have Chad Morgan come and play because he used to be one of the cane cutters in the area back in the day. Yeah, he's 89 now. He's amazing. He's playing the Gimpy Muster. So, yeah, he's coming in May and we're really excited to host him here. So um, here's to another 130 years, I hope. That is super exciting. <laughs> yeah. Uh, thank you so much for sharing your knowledge um, on the building and Luke the Spook. Okay, I understand his name is Luke the Spook, but if we're talking a tall, mid-30s, well-dressed gentleman, I think I might have to head to the hotel and see if I can spot him for myself. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Bundaberg Now podcast. Tune in again next month where we'll hear about another of our region's heritage buildings and structures. 